about to listen to the profound word of God, ministered by Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. Without a doubt, this will be a life-transforming experience as you acquaint yourself with the word of God and develop a rich and rewarding relationship with Him. This message will certainly shape your life, fulfill your dreams, and guarantee your success. into the word of God the conquests of faith faith conquers faith conquers this day I want to read from the book of Romans chapter 8 and verse 18 to 24 Romans chapter 8 and verse 18 to 24 I'm using the message Bible it brings a lot of clarity to it it says when everything was hopeless Abraham believed anyway, deciding to live not on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. Did you see that? You need to listen to this carefully. He says, not on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. And then he went on to say, and so he was made the father of a multitude of peoples. God himself said to him, you're going to have a big family, Abraham. Verse 19, he says, Abraham didn't focus on his own impotence. So he was impotent, but he didn't focus on his impotence and say it's hopeless. This hundred-year-old body could never father a child. Nor did he survey Sarah's decades of infertility and give up. I hope this will bless someone. He didn't tiptoe around God's promises, asking cautiously skeptical questions. He plunged. Somebody say, I will plunge into the promise. He says, somebody say, I will plunge into the promise and I will come up strong. He says he plunged into the promise and came up strong, ready for God. You hear what I'm saying? He says, sure that God would make good on what he said. That's why it is said Abraham was declared fit before God by trusting God to set him right but but it's not just abraham this is where i want you to be blessed he says but it's just not abraham it's also us the same thing gets said about us when we embrace and believe the one who brought jesus to life when the conditions were equally hopeless i hope that will bless it We've been speaking about the book of James and we've been speaking about frenemies. We've been speaking that frenemies are crises that walks into our lives. We spoke about how do we beat the frenemies or the crises or the issues or the situations that so much crowd into our lives. And we said the only thing that would defeat it, especially in this kind of period, especially during a period where we are battling with finances, battling with the coronavirus, battling with the after effects of the coronavirus, battling with should we send our children back to school and all those kind of decisions that is weighing so much in our hearts. And not only about that, but also about the fear that we, 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 we're supposed to battle with. Uh, but we say to you that the only thing that defeats frenemies and their frenemies because they come to make us strong, as you can hear in 
find the testimonies that I read this morning, we defeated by faith. A faith that walks when life doesn't. The goal of faith is to walk when everything else fails. And then I started to teach us on how does faith help us win and conquer when everything else does not work. What does faith help us to do? And when you know what faith helps us to do, it's easier to embrace faith. Number one, faith, there are three D's are dealt with, or two D's are dealt with. Faith deflects fear. Number two, faith develops a support system. Faith is your support system. Last week I used a chair, sat on it, is the support system. When everything else fails. And I said to you, and I started to encourage you that when you have faith, don't compare your faith. Don't let your faith fail. Faith is the only currency in heaven. And last week we understood that faith is the substance of things hoped for. Meaning you've got to have a hope for something. And when you have the hope for it, faith achieves it. Faith is the arm that reaches out to it. And let me say this, let me break it down before I confuse it. All of us has faith. All of us have faith. Faith on the inside. What I'm asking you to do is not to look at the things that you can do. Look at the things that God can do. Let me encourage you with two other points before we move on next week. Number, number three, faith disowns your helplessness. Faith disowns. Faith deflects. Faith develops, faith disowns your helplessness. Many Christians vacillate between faith and doubt. When things go well, they trust God. When things go badly, they doubt God. But listen to me, let me say this to encourage someone. Faith does not ignore reality. As we read in the scripture, he knew he was impotent. He knew there were decades of serious infertility. So listen to me carefully because many times we mess up faith. Faith is the substance. It does not ignore. Faith, call it those things that are not as though they are. Not calling those things that are as if they're not. There's a difference. And this is where everyone gets messed up with faith. Faith does not ignore reality. Faith does not pretend that there isn't a problem. Faith does not act like things are not difficult. Because many people come to you and say, have faith, have faith, have faith. You lost someone, have faith. Faith does not do that. Faith is not denial. Faith is facing the facts in your life without being discouraged by them. He says, having your loins guarded up with truth. Faith always denies everything that wants to bring you down. Faith always trumps facts. Fact is clear, I have no money. Faith says, my God will supply for all my needs. Says I may be sick in the body. Faith say he is Christ my healer. Facts says that this mortgage 
may not go through. This property may not go through. Faith says that God owns the cattle upon a thousand hills. Facts says that I've been ghosted. Someone left me. Faith says I will never leave you or forsake you. Facts says that you failed. Faith says a righteous man can fall seven times but God will raise him up. Facts says there is no way that you can get through this. Faith says my God will make a way where there seems to be no way. Ah. Facts says there is no child, there is no baby. I'm believing God for a child. Faith says that there will be no barren person in my house. Facts says that the coronavirus has wreaked havoc all around the world. Faith says he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God abides under the shadow of the Almighty God. Facts says that sickness and disease is killing everyone. But faith makes you disown that helplessness and says a thousand can fall on your side and ten thousand on your right side, but by no means shall it come near you. Facts says to you that there is a recession. Faith says to you that I dwell in Goshen right now and my God is my supplier and I will multiply. Faith does not ignore the facts but it says to the facts you will not discourage me. Everyone struggles with their faith. Let no one deceive you. But Abraham gave us an example of this in Romans chapter 4 and verse 20, the Bible says he did not stagger at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. The word stagger is, is, is what unbelief and fear makes us to do. But faith, hypostasis, faith supports and holds steady the condition for us. Facts will always come. But faith is the one that says, I am your God. I am with you. Listen to me. It was not Abraham's faith per se that gave him strength. It was the God of his faith that gave him strength. You need to understand that. It is the God of our faith that gives us powerful faith. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 11. Listen to what it says. Colossians chapter 1 and verse He says, God will strengthen you. Somebody shout this. I don't know how hopeless the issue is. But the Bible says, God will strengthen you with his own great power. Not your power. So that you will not give up when trouble comes, but you will be patient. I'm going to read that again. He must bless someone. He says, God will strengthen you. That's the difference. That it is not my faith that conquers the issue. It is the God of my faith. He says, he will give me his own power so that I will not give up when trouble comes. Trouble will come. But the trouble doesn't come because I lack faith. The trouble comes to take me 
it to the next level because he is the God of my faith. My faith cannot move mountains. It is the God of my faith that can move mountains. And because I trust in God, he will see me through. A reliance on who you are will fail the move of God in your life. Listen to me, Israel was in trouble when God approached Gideon, declaring to him be a, to be a mighty warrior and calling him to save the people from the Midianites. But, but listen to me, Gideon, he recoiled at the word, of the word and the call. Gideon was wrestling with his faith, with questions similar to the things that some of us are dealing with right now. He wondered, if, if God was on my side, why has all this happened to us? He felt that God had abandoned them. He said, if God was really the one we had delivered our forefathers, why are the millions decimating us? If God was the one who, who I had is all powerful, why am I single? Why don't I have a job? Why, uh, why is my family like this? This is not the marriage that I thought I would have. If God was the mighty God, why is it that we're struggling with food or struggling to pay our rent? If God is the God of Goshen, why am I not having a testimony by now? I should have moved forward in my career. Gideon wrestled with that. Gideon now said to God, God, if you are really my God, this is, is this faith, ask yourself, show me a sign. But instead of God condemning him, God knew that it is not your faith. It's not whipping up your faith. As many people say, whip it up, whip it up. Build it up, build it up. We can build our faith and I will teach you how to build your faith. But it's not by whipping it up with emotions. No, it is not your faith. It is the God of your faith that moves mountains. Because if it was like that about Gideon, God would have discarded him. But God's favor and mercy came in. And God showed him a sign. He answered his prayers. God didn't abandon him. He fulfilled his mission. And he was led by God to become one of the greatest warriors in Israel. So what am I saying this morning? Jesus will help us win our wrestling match of faith by his grace. He will help us win. Because faith disowns our helplessness. So let me encourage you this morning. Don't identify yourself with the crisis. Identify yourself with the covenant. Abraham didn't identify himself with the crisis. He just identified himself with the covenant. You are defined by your covenant in Christ. Not your career or your crisis. Your career does not identify who you are. The fact that you lost that job doesn't mean that you're identified with failure. Neither should you identify your life with the coronavirus. Oh, I got the coronavirus. Oh, I had that sickness. Does that mean I didn't have faith? The coronavirus doesn't define you. At least we saw, we saw that a viper beat Paul. And everyone was looking like, if he was really, if he hadn't committed any sin, that viper would not have beaten him. But you know what he did? He shrugged it off. 
I want somebody to shrug off the, the unemployment, shrug off the fear, shrug off your hopelessness, shrug off, disown it. He shrugged it off and he continued with what he was doing. And everyone was waiting to see the judgment come. But God is a God of grace. Because Paul didn't identify himself with the viper or the snake that bit him. He identified himself with the Bible, the covenant that says, even if I tread upon serpents and scorpions, it shall by no means harm me. It's a covenant. It's a covenant. It's a covenant. Because we can either let our crisis handle us or let God handle our crisis. I am a pastor and I must tell you, we have been through crisis. I'm a pastor and during this coronavirus, we have been through stuff. My family has been through stuff. Many people may not understand. Many people may want to call and they couldn't get me. Many people may want to call and, 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 and want prayers. But there are some times that even pastor is looking on to God to help him in a situation. It's not because I don't have faith. It's because frenemies come to promote me. You've got to understand that. Battles, listen to me ladies and gentlemen. Battles are not won on the basis of your strength. Or the strength of your enemies. Or the size of your frenemies. <laughs> I'm going to say this again. Battles are not won based on the strength, on your own strength. Neither is it won based on the strength of your enemies or your frenemies. Battles are won or lost based on your relationship with God. I'm going to say that again because someone needs to look at me, look at me, look at me. Let me, let me look into this camera. Let me, let, me, let me be a blessing. The battles are not won based on your strength. The battles are not won based on the strength of your enemy. The battles are not won based on the size of your enemies. The Bible says when they crowd into your life. Ah, they will come from the north, the south, the east and the west. And you may be going through a battle of crisis of frenemies that has just come. It's unpredictable. You do not know when it's coming. You may be going through it right now. You haven't done anything wrong. You know how, how you win it? It's based on your relationship with God. If you disown your helplessness and start to say, I am not looking at the infertility. I'm not looking at my impotency. I'm not looking at the situation around. Because though they are there and we do not deny it, they're just facts. They're not faith. You've got to understand that. You've got to understand that. So pastor, what are you telling me to do? Move with what you have. Move with what you have. What you have is, is potentials of faith. There's something that is bigger than you. Something that will move something that is even greater than you are. When I don't have faith, do something. When you don't have faith, do something. When you don't have faith, just go ahead anyway as though you had faith and then you will get faith. Listen to me. A, a, a carrier bag of lunch fed 5,000 people. A slingshot brought down a Goliath. A handful of clay Restored a man's sight. A rod in the hand parted the Red Sea. God is a God that can use a little job, a little money, a little phone call, a little favor to bless you. When God promises you abundance, he doesn't need anything big to make it happen. Just a little. And God is show, showing you 
I'm telling you this morning, you could listen to me this morning as we, as we approach the hour to move into your afternoon, that you're breaking from the morning to a new dawn. God is saying, I don't need a big thing to feed you. Just a lunch bag would feed 5,000. How do you think that God cannot be a blessing? I'm going to share this testimony. No, 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 not to bring any glory to myself. Actually, it's not even to myself. It's to my wife, actually. I, I, I think it was Friday morning. I guess it was Friday morning. My wife was just finished her exercise. I, you know, I, I had finished. And I was just sitting down. Uh, uh, trying to recuperate of the damage that someone has done to my body. And while I was sitting down there, my wife just looked and said, Oh, there's this person in, 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 in Nigeria that I haven't heard from her in a while. said, You know what? I want to bless her. I want to put money into her account. I said, Ah, stop, 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 stop that. She said, No, I just, I just feel within my spirit that I should just help her. She helped us in some ways um, some, some time ago. I said, Okay, call her. When I said no, I knew no is always selfish. So I just said, call her. So she called her. She couldn't get through to her. And um, she said, okay, I'm going to put money into her account. I said, no, 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 no. Just wait, wait. She said, but it's very unlike her for her not to pick up her, her, her phone. I said, call her again. So she called and she didn't pick up. After like 20 minutes, the lady called us. And says, oh, sorry, I was in this, I was, the, my phone was in the sitting room, I was in the bathroom and all that kind of stuff. And then she started to say to us that she's been in hospital for the last few, few, few weeks. Things have not been right and all that. And I was like, I was like, I, as she was having that conversation, my wife put it on the speakerphone. And I said to her, I said, God just told us to just sow into your life. And she busted out crying. She wailed. She weeped. Now the message is not, it was my faith. Neither was my wife's faith. It was God's faith who was working on her behalf. Who arose a kind of, or instigated a kind of thought that says call this person and bless this person. It's just God. It, it had nothing to do with us. It's just God. Why did I share that testimony? Someone, God will put your name on someone's mind. You don't need to struggle. God will do that. If all the way, 6,000 miles from here, and God can say, phone that person. God can say, just put the only aim to phone that person is not to say, how are you doing? He says, I want you to bless this thing. And God told us how much we should bless this person. And, was quite and God said, bless this person. It means that a simple lunch bag can feed 5,000. A slingshot can bring down your Goliath. Your rod can part the Red Sea. Your CV can float above every other person's CV. It is not what you can do that matters. It's what God can do. And he says, disown your helplessness. Because when God is involved, something small can be transformed into something great. When God is involved, faith is ever winning, never failing force. When God is involved, God is not intimidated by the medical records. He's not intimidated by the financial issue. He's not intimidated by the legal activity. When God is involved, never mind the opposition. It's just a proof that you have a God who has a great position. Never mind it. 
Faith brings God on the scene. And when God sets, steps in, opposition bows out. Faith deflects fear. Faith develops a support system. Faith disowns helplessness. The faith in God. And number four, faith defeats the enemy. And I'm going to close on this. Somebody shout this loud. Say, faith defeats the enemy. I want you to shout this loud. I want you to shout this loud. Say this, faith deflects. Say, faith disowns. Say, faith develops. Say, faith disowns. And faith defeats. I'm going to say this again. Say this. You've got to say this. Let's go. Let's go film number one. Say, say faith. I didn't hear you. Say, faith deflects. Say, number two, faith develops. Number three, say faith disowns. Number four, say faith defeats. You've got to say it until faith comes on the inside of you. Say the faith that God has given me, not that I struggle with, gives me four advantages. One, it deflects fear. Number two, it develops my support system. Number three, it disowns my helplessness. And number four, faith defeats my enemies. It does. You need faith. Listen to me. You need faith to enter into anything that God has packaged for you. Now this last segment, this next 10 minutes is a challenge. Forgive me if I'm going to be a bit hard on you. It's a challenge. Faith defeats the enemy. You have to understand, number one, that faith is a weapon of war. Listen to me. Faith is not a quotation. And a religious piety. Faith is a weapon of war. Katoyanda. It is a principal aspect of the whole armor of God. So it is for fighting and not for playing. Ah. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 16. Listen to this. So we understand what faith is. It says above all. Somebody say above all. He says above all. He says, take the shield of faith. It's a weapon of war. Wherewith you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Take the shield of faith. You've got to go to war. Faith is for fighting, not for talking. Faith is for fighting, not for talking. Say this after me. Say, faith is for fighting, not for talking. First Timothy chapter 6 verse 12. He says, fight the good fight. Did you see that? I want you to underline that, circle that. I want you to highlight that. Fight the good fight. Mm-hmm. Two words in there. That's a repetition. Fight the good fight. Of what? Faith. Meaning, faith has a fight. Faith is for fighting until you are a fighter you don't become a winner friends those who fight win this faith is not for you to keep jumping up in church and falling down in the world this faith is not for you to keep clapping in church but folding your hands in the world. It's not for you to smile in church and cry in the world. 
It is not for you to shout in church and then be subdued outside in the world. You cannot fall down in church and not rise in the world. It is the life of faith that makes us noticeable in church. But we need to be noticeable in the world. The faith that will make us the head, not only in church, but the head at work. Faith is for fighting. Faith defeats the enemy. Got to teach you how to do that. Listen to me. Yet, you are yet to overcome many things because you are yet to fight for them. When you fight, listen to me, when you fight, you will always win. Because the Bible says it is a, it's called the good fight of faith. Not the bad fight. It is a good fight. When you're in a bad fight, it means you will lose. When you're in a good fight, it means it is already settled. But you've got to do your portion. You've got to do your part. Listen to me. If your inheritance must become a reality, you must stand your grounds and fight. Deuteronomy chapter 2 and verse 24. Listen to this. Because this is where many Christians, they go out of sync. The Bible says, he says, rise ye up, take your journey, pass over the river of Anon. Behold, I have given into thy hands Sion, the Amorite, king of Heshbon, and his land. Begin to possess it and contend with him in battle. He says, contend with him in battle. Can you see the paradox of the story? God says, I have given you. Did he not say that? He says, I have given into you. I have given you. Then he says, begin to possess. I have given you, begin to possess. But do you know how we, we will begin to possess? We possess by contending, not by debating. There's too much talk in the church. That's why many people go to too many sermons. They love to listen. After worship tabernacle, you go to another one. And then in the evening, you've got another one. Everyone is going crazy. Some of us are even zoomed out now. We're zoomed out. We're YouTubed out. Because we go from one place to one place to one place. But this, I need to teach you something clearly. We possess by contending. Not by debating. God says, as for me, I have given you. But there is a person there. There is a king there. His name is called Sion, the king of Hesper. He will resist your inheritance. So contend with him in battle. There are Sions everywhere. Hanging on to our inheritance. And until we begin to contend, we will not begin to possess. That, that job is not just going to fall down on your lap by shakapatakapayandobo. Fight for it. That, 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 that business is not going to fall in your hand. You've got to fight for it. Oh, this person is doing great on Instagram. Did you ask how they fought for it? Oh, they paid them a lot of money to be on it. Did you know how they fought for it? Oh, that, that house is not going to come to you. You heard from the testimony. You've got to fight for it. That, that, that marriage is not because somebody else's marriage is working better than your marriage. That's not the point. It's working better because they're fighting for it. You've got to fight for it. 
You are in a relationship, fight for it. You are a man, fight for it. You got a job, fight for it to maintain it. You got to fight. Once you make that decision, begin to fight. You got the man, hey, girl, look at me, look at me. You got the man, you hold him in his hand. He's got six pack, I've got back to the pack again. He's got six, he's tall, he's handsome. Baby girl, you got to be a Rottweiler. You got to be a Doberman. Not a Chihuahua right now. You got to fight for him. Because there are so many devils called ladies who will contend with what you have. You got to fight to hold your marriage. You got to fight to hold the man. You got to fight to hold the girl. Oh, you thought since I married her and she's got her nails and everything in place. No. You got to fight so that nobody whispers into her head against you. You got to fight together to go to where God wants you to go to. But many of us just, once we get it, we finish it. Once the child goes into secondary school, once the child goes into a different class, oh, we've done our duty. No. Even when they graduate, you still got to be fighting. On your knees, you got to fight. Faith is to fight. You got to fight for it. Because there are sions everywhere. God gave Israel the land of Canaan. Flowing with milk and honey. But there were giants in the land. Oh, we're just engaged. You got to fight. You got to fight. We just, we just got married. Oh God, you got to fight. You really got to fight. But it's a good fight. It's not the fight by your own power. It's not the fight by your own might. It's not the fight that won't give you rest. It is a fight that God has equipped you with the power, with the power of faith. You can win. You will win. Don't give up. You will win. Because God said, it is a good fight. It's a good fight because once you win, you get the land. It's a good fight because once you win, you surround yourself with a wall that is impenetrable. Once you win, you've set things in motion for the rest of your life. Faith is for fighting. Faith makes us conquer. Faith has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. Faith makes you conquer. Shout this in your house. Say, faith makes me conquer. Listen to me. Let me give you three things you have at your disposal. That we shout so much in Pentecostal scenes. We have what is called the blood weapon. We have what is called the oil weapon. We have what is called the word weapon. Pentecostals have those three things. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. The anointing oil. The anointing oil. The anointing oil. We so much believe in it. God bless my mother-in-law. passed up into blessed memory. Remember the day she was saying in our house in London here. It was a day before she was supposed to go back to Nigeria. I think I've shared this story before. She loved this, this, this program. Bisolatilo, and I've told her, always be cautious. And then she heard that Bisolatilo was all on. She was running down from the stairs. A 78, 75 something year old woman. Said, mommy take it easy. And suddenly while I was upstairs I had something tumble. I'm like, Jesus. Grandma, grandma or mom has just fallen down the stairs. I got to the bottom of the stairs. I said, mom, can you move your leg? She said, no. I said, okay, let me try to move. She said, no. I said, okay, I've got to call an ambulance. And she said, by faith, or whatever she had, 
She said, nobody in my lineage has ever entered into an ambulance. I said, eh. Nobody in your lineage. I said, mom, you can't move. They says, no, no, no. All you should bring is the anointing oil. Bring the anointing oil. You know, you prayed over the anointing I said, the anointing oil will do two things. It will heal you and it will break a record. You are going into the ambulance. You will be the first that will witness the ambulance. You're going in there. So I put the anointing oil so that the anointing oil will stop any further breakage. But she still went into that ambulance and broke a record. So broke the leg and broke a record. And we went straight into the ambulance and it took like six or five months of rehabilitation before it all came together. But the anointing all works. I've seen people use the oil. I use the oil. It works. But listen to me. This is a good thing about what is at our disposal. Whatever escapes the world will not escape the oil. And whatever escapes the oil will not escape the blood. Because we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of our testimony. You will conquer. And fighting is the way to do it. Let me close by saying this. There was war in heaven. (laughs) What do you think? Where do you think you are? In heaven, God fought. If he hadn't fought, Satan would have become the most high. The Bible says, Satan says, I would raise myself above the most high. The Bible says in Revelation, let's go to it, Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 7 to 8. It says, war broke out. Where? In heaven. God was in heaven and there was war. War broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail. Nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. Now, listen to me. In heaven there was, there was war. If there's war in your house, you've got to fight for it. Because something will rise above whatever it is you. Something will arise above you if you allow it to arise. Fight for what you need to fight for. Because listen to me. Look around your life and see whatever has not been working. And force it to work. The kingdom of God suffered violence. And the violent take it by force. Let me conclude by this last statement. Don't watch the enemy gain grounds in your family, in your business, in your career, in your body, in your mind. Don't watch him. Don't watch him have his own way in your life. Fight him to the finish. Because you are more than a conqueror through Christ who loves us. I hope you are blessed by that. And feel the prayer happening right now. Sorry, if you're not used to this, speaking in tongues is a weapon of war. I want you to stand wherever you are and go into warfare. You overcome by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of your testimony. Whatever escapes the word, could not escape the blood. Whatever escapes the blood, can I escape the oil? We are anointed. The Bible says our God has anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power who are went around doing good. You are anointed to win. You are anointed. Faith on the inside, not your faith, but God's faith, will get you to develop a support system, will get you to deflect fear, will get you to disown helplessness, will get you to defeat the enemy. You are more than a conqueror. Get into warfare now, now, 
pray now. What has eluded you will come back to you because you will possess it. Start to declare, say, every Sion, every king of Sion that is holding my inheritance, move them right now. There was war in heaven. God displaced the dragon. Displaced anything that wants to displace you right now in prayer. I feel it. If you're just young in the Lord, you may not understand what I'm saying, but you can follow what I'm saying. Pray and say, God, I displace everything that wants to displace me. Say, God, I lift up a banner of prayer right now and I start to claim my inheritance back. Start to say, I stand on the word of the Almighty God. Say, no weapon formed or fashioned against me will prosper. I want someone to pray right now and start to declare, I contend. For my possession. No more shouting. No more screaming. No more weeping. Your crying will not move anything. What will move it is the fight of faith. I declare freedom. In the name of Jesus. That coronavirus is not yours. That disease is not yours. That sickness is not yours. You're going to fight for it. You're going to fight for it. Because if you don't fight for it. You, it will defeat you if you don't fight for it. You will fail if you don't fight for it. You will lose if you don't fight for it. He will win if you don't fight for it. He will exalt his throne above you. Fight for it. Because this is the God fight of faith. You got to fight. You got to war. You got to step into your possession. I want you to speak in tongues. I want you to start to declare, God, this is the day that you have made. I want you to rise up on the inside of you. And I want you to start to say, Lord, I give my life to you. Lord, I win. Lord, by your grace, I am more than a conqueror. I want you to start to declare that no devil is coming into my house. Fight for your mind. Don't let it go. Don't let him go. Don't let her go. Don't let that child go. Because God says that there are sins there. It is your land, not someone's land. I know the giants may be tall. I know they may look like Goliath. But if you look like grasshoppers in their sight, you will be grasshoppers. But when you look like a champion, that one sling will bring down those Goliaths. One little lunch bag will produce food and feed you for years. One faith in God will turn everything around. Today fight. 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 Please fight. Don't give up. Because it's a good fight of faith. Now maybe there's somebody here right now. You haven't given your life to Jesus. You need the shield of faith. You need Jesus to come. You need Jesus to be able. Who is the author and finisher of our faith. Anything I've been talking about faith. Is based on Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is the one that deflects fear. Jesus is the one that disowns our hopelessness. Jesus is the one that defeats the enemy. He died on the cross to defeat the enemy. Jesus is the one that supports us. He is the shepherd of our soul. And Jesus says, I am your faith. I am your hypostasis. I am your deliverer. Today, give your life to me. Because when you give your life to Jesus, the Bible says that he will bring rest to your soul. If you've never said this prayer before, say this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I give you my life. This day, I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me of all my sins. Today, I give my life entirely up to you. Thank you, Jesus. Because I'm now a child of God. And once you do that, Jesus is coming into your heart. Brothers and sisters, 
moms and dads, uncles and friends, Jesus is coming into your life. And as he comes into your life, fear will be deflected. You will disown hopelessness. You will defeat the enemy. You will develop a support system. I declare that upon your life in the name of Jesus. Now, if there's any help that you need, why don't you call this number that you will see? It will come on 0207435-3939. Somebody's at the end of the line. And just by any accident, you don't get anyone. Leave your telephone number and your name. I promise you we'll get back to you. And even if you can't, you can send us a text or you can send a WhatsApp. Send a WhatsApp to this number that you will see. We would love to help you. Because we will develop you, root you in faith, that no weapon formed against you will prosper. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I pray that we are more than a conqueror. I pray that we are never defeated. I pray that we'll rise up to great levels. This I believe so it shall be. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You've been listening to Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. We hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, visit us at www.worshiptabernacle.org.uk Alternatively, call us on 020-7435-3939 You can find us at the Citadel, Worship Tabernacle, 131 St. John's Way, N19 3RQ, Archway, London. Thank you for listening.